Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Welcome to week seven of the season, Married at First Sight, NOLA. How are you doing, Aid? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Summer's coming to an end. It's making me a little sad, but I'll take the sunshine you still have. I'm ready for fall. Um, no! I prefer the weather. I prefer the clothes. So I will talk a little bit about couples cam, the highlight for the week. Um, all the couples are still trudging along. We did not have any Deanna or Greg sighting this week, but we had Keith and Christine who took a mini vacation to Maine and they're trying to eat all the foods that had lobster in it. And I think Keith got himself sick. But the main highlight of that was they took a detour and stopped in Boston to see Shawnice and Jeffy. And mm. very awkward because Shanice and Jeff D still continued their fight and they had a big blowout right before they came. And it was so obvious that Keith and Christine was like, I think we walked into something really bad. And it's <laughs> <laughs> Jeff D, because when they came, um, Shanice was like, I can take you out for a drink. And they separated and you're just talking about the fight. Shanice is like, she does a lot of the heavy lifting. And Jeff D is complaining to Shanice that he, she doesn't try to see his point of view. She just blows up. But they all all came back in the room and it was too awkward that Christine was like, yeah, I think we gotta go. So, you know, when wow. like, yeah, when couples fight and, you know, you feel the tension and you're just like, I don't think we should be here. They couldn't help themselves. So those two couples, as far as I know, don't have like a strong history together. Yeah. They weren't on the same season. They weren't on any spinoffs together. Yeah. I'm sure they're friendly, but you don't, they're not on the level to be counseling them. I think about a marriage oh, fight. They didn't even try. They just sat there and was like, when would it be time for us to go? But ultimately, (laughs) Jeff details Shawnice's parents that he's taking the kid to 
New York, that he thinks they need space, that the quarantine has just made everything worse. Shawnice's mom is like, well, I'm a runner. Does space actually solve anything? They think it's going to help, so we'll see. But they also stopped in D.C. to see um, Jessica and Austin who decided to bail out on the house. They just said it was too much money. And yeah, I think they're putting all these friendships together because I think Danielle and I think Ashley were talking about pregnancy and, you know, they're just trying to marry themselves and get themselves together. But that was the main thing. Oh, the other thing was Elizabeth from Elizabeth and Jamie. Like I said last week, her parents did have COVID, but they cut their trip short. But when the parents told them that they had COVID because they were staying with her parents, she was like, I don't care, I don't care, because her mom was crying. And she went ahead and hugged her mom, decided to come back to California, meaning they got on a plane. So meaning that, I don't know why they cut it short, because if you're going to be infected, you already are. You're staying in the house, so you might as well stay. And in exactly. next preview, next week's preview, we hear her say, I don't feel well, I don't feel, I just thought the whole thing was irresponsible, but whatever. It's but that was really dumb. <laughs> so you flew to North Carolina. Yep. Your family... The first sign should have, A, told you they had symptoms, B, gone to get tested, and you should have stayed away from them until that test came back positive or negative. So then they decide to tell you in person that they tested positive. By that point, you might as well stay there, and instead you get back on a plane, thereby exposing everybody you got on the plane with. None of this seems to make any sense to me. And then this is why I don't understand about people. If you're going to do stupid stuff, why do it on television? Yep. And then even when the dad was telling them that they had corona, he wasn't wearing his mask. The mom was. He wasn't. Okay. Okay. So um, anything from highlights? From Unfiltered? Not a whole lot. Bennett is in a new outfit. It was Bennett, Amani, and Olivia. Um, Bennett was in some suspenders. I think it was yellow pants and a t-shirt. He, he looked like a clown. They played the clip of Brett and Olivia discussing the number of dates before sex. Mm. Amani coming in with those hot takes. The number is childless. Childish. Childless. <laughs> you thinking of Olivia and not wanting kids? <laughs> The number is childish. What if we count dates differently? Then they had this whole discussion asking, like, how, like Jamie, who's wearing the same blue dress six weeks straight now, um, asking, like, how much sex Olivia likes to have. Ew. Um, and then they asked Bennett the same question, and he came up with this whole joke about how you sign a contract on the first date and you just have to stick to it. But there's a strict NDA, which I think was self-referential to the NDA that he probably had to sign to be on this show. <laughs> it was funny. Um, Mommy said about Brett, I don't even know how to say nice things about him. And Olivia uh-huh. nodded. <laughs> oh. Olivia nodded. Um, and Olivia was just like, well, you know, I'm still, I was at, po- at that point, I was still trying to get to know him. The bachelor party came up again. Oh, God. Um, and Olivia also, later on, Olivia goes on to say that Brett acts differently in the group than he does when it's just the two of them. And that when it's mm-hmm. just the two of them, he's more genuine and real. And in group setting, he's a one-upper. Mm, I would think it's the... Anyways, we'll get into it. But I have a question for you from Filtered. I think I saw something, and I don't remember if it's the same group of guests that you just said, but they were all on a couch. It wasn't Zoom. Um, the, the New Orleans people, the participants, have always been in the same place. It's just Jamie and the experts who are Zooming in. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. I always thought they were all Zoom. Anything else they have, or was that it? They played the clip of... Uh, Christine telling Henry to make a move. And Olivia said he doesn't look ready to do that. Amani said that if Woody wasn't making a move, she would assume that he wasn't interested. Like a um, person should assume. But... <laughs> okay. 
Olivia is like, this is the perfect opportunity to ask hard questions and that she should make him feel uncomfortable and ask hard questions. And I was like, he's already looks uncomfortable. So I don't, I don't know if that's great advice, but okay. That was unfiltered. Nothing too crazy, but you know, Amani with those hot takes always, always fun to hear. <laughs> okay. That's good to hear. So let's move on to our couples or this week, the couples return from their honeymoons, moving together and start grappling with the serious issues. How did you feel about the episode eight? Uh, it was so good. Um, <laughs> now we're getting to the real stuff. This is the part we've been waiting for from the beginning. We are getting to the real things. And I really enjoyed it. What did you think? No, I thought it was a good episode completely. Because, again, this is what I've been waiting for. None of the glittery, shiny stuff. Everyone's getting to the nitty-gritty. So, yeah. yeah. I'll let you just start it off with a million Bennett. Which I should say, by the way, have you noticed that they always start with them? I had not noticed that. <laughs> okay, okay. Go as ahead. Much as they do those like rotations of like they'll like show one couple for one minute and like nothing noteworthy, and then they kind of do a round robin, and then they get to like actual scenes. So I think that's probably why I haven't noticed. Oh um, yeah, they do the round robin, and then they always start with Amelia and Bennett. I've been noticing that this episode. You know, we see them at the airport, and then they go to their new apartments that they're sharing. I looked up this place. It's called Gotham Lofts in New Orleans. It looks like it's in a really nice area of town. Maybe a little bit industrial, but it's close to like nice, like touristy, nice areas. So it's corporate housing, which is how they can, you know, rent a furnished apartment for six weeks. But clearly from the number of times that we saw Gotham Lofts, there is some promotional consideration being provided here. So Amelia and Bennett dive right in in selling the place to us. (laughs) Um, (laughs) granite countertops blah 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 i don't think there's much to say about people going to see the new place it it has two bedrooms and two bathrooms they all seem to have gotten the same unit anything there for you it sucked i was going to wait until we talked about olivia because i think her face showed what i felt about the place but (laughs) i can't like nice like for all the furnished apartments that we saw for the Philadelphia and North Carolina. This was almost like an empty hall and he threw things in. Like, okay, there's a chair, there's a bed, that's it. It was I didn't like it at all. It was corporate housing and like they're gonna live there for seven weeks. They get to go home and get some stuff to make it nicer. Two bathrooms, luxury. I mean, like, <laughs> so they do the whole selling us on the Gotham Lofts. Then they go to bed. Amelia's onesie reminds me of a uh, a lion costume that lots of babies use. Do you do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but did you notice? Sorry, your answer's probably no. But again, I warned you guys in A that I noticed the oddest things. But I noticed it in the first confessional where Bennett is being all giggly and can't stop giggling. Why is he still in the green nightdress? Uh, yeah, I did notice that. And the thing is, (laughs) is that they showed them coming in, looking at the apartment, and then I assume they, do they get ready for bed? And then he did a stand-up interview while he's ready for bed. So they're, like, switching back and forth between wearing a sweater like a normal human and then wearing the dress that he obviously sleeps in. But why did you wear something that you wore on the night of your wedding? So it went from New Orleans to Mexico, back to New Orleans, but I guess he did tell us that hygiene is not his thing, so, okay. (laughs) I don't know what. (laughs) He's never explicitly stated that there's no laundry facilities in Mexico. He could have gotten that dress washed. Um, oh, I just thought it was gross. Even though he wore that nightdress when he did wake up, he was wearing something different. So I don't know what was going on on this episode. He was wearing like the rattiest shirt. There were holes in it. 
it was stretched out it was blue and i was like wow but it is bennett but when they went did you notice that he was wearing like a face mask at the back of his head when they went over to the house yes. to go over to each other's yeah and with a sunglasses on there but again it's uh bennett but when amelia said she lived in a mansion with many roommates what were you envisioning before she finally told us it was four i didn't envision anything when i saw the house i thought it was beautiful and huge but i'm like you can afford the rent on any type of house when you have enough roommates. And it didn't appear that they were like a group of roommates. I think it was more like a individual, like lease situation. <laughs> yeah, but I thought, yeah, I think I was thinking like 10 roommates. She said, I live in a mansion with a lot of roommates. So I just thought it was like 10 or something. I wasn't envisioning that it was four, but she said, yeah, the house was- more. Yes. So I was surprised that Bennett thought the house was big and extravagant. I didn't think there was anything lush about her room or anything. Her like I mean, it just seemed like floor. Ugh. She it did was... not have a bed frame, and I feel bad yeah. about this because it's not that I think there was anything wrong with her living situation. You haven't been there a while, but it's just like when you think about a really even a you rent one room in a really nice house. It just seemed like you know a house. With and yeah, her room like- wasn't nicely decorated. Her bed was on the floor. Like it wasn't that nice. I don't know. I guess Bennett was trying to say that there was like a difference in their standard of living. But then I mean, when I you look was. at it, yeah. like, well, no, not really. If I walked into the house and I saw that, even though yes, it was a mansion, I would still think everyone living here is making that choice based on finances, right? Like to save money or something, not because oh, this huge, but I think it says more about where Bennett is when it comes to money, which makes all the sense when he made that comment. I am surprised that he admitted that it's that it was intimidating to him. I don't know why I'm surprised that he said that. He just seems like he's not moved by a lot of things, but he did say, you know, I'm intimidated by the fact that she definitely is in a different space financially, which brings me to my question. I, I'm not saying that if you're broke, don't date or don't get married, but finances plays a huge part in it. So I'm just like, why do you think he was ready for marriage? It's interesting because in one of the unfiltered, Pastor Cal mentioned that he thought that Bennett didn't have, he said Bennett had too many directions. Like, And I think what he was trying to get at is like, Bennett is not an adult. That was the implication mm-hmm. that I was hearing. And yeah. so when Bennett says things like this, I'm like, are you a fully matured adult in your finances, in your in your career? I don't know. I don't think he is. But to be fair, to and to be honest, if Amelia wasn't a doctor, I would be saying the same thing. She's kind of childlike too. Yeah, but she, that that doctor street cred is <laughs> it's it's a difference. It's a, yeah. I don't know. Do you think it's a difference? I can see why it's a different. It's a it's it's kind of like taking out. Like I'm saying, if we take that out that she'll, they'll be on the same level, but it's a huge thing to take out because that's what makes the difference. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's what makes the difference. So, yeah, I see what you're saying, but it's just, I feel like if you don't have a good relationship with money, later we get to see his housing and all those things added together. You're trying to figure out what you're doing. I'm just like, why did you think you were ready for marriage? What do these people think marriage is? Maybe it's the better question. But marriage is different things to different people. I mean, marriage used to be both of you would be broke and you'd get together and you'd build a life together. But we're all waiting longer to get married. So now we come with like houses and careers and assets and, oh, you know, living by yourself. 
I mean, the share of people living by themselves is the highest it's ever been because you used to, you know, a, a significant share of the population would go from their parents' house to their married house. You don't need money to be married. <laughs> Do you? Um, you make that comment, but I feel like you're making my point. You're saying we come with our lives and we're independent. That's exactly what I'm asking. What is Bennett coming with? He doesn't have a relationship with money. He doesn't have a career. He doesn't know. There's a lot of doesn't know that I'm just like, so what exactly were you planning to bring or think you were ready for? Like, I think like, I don't think, I don't want to say marriage is hard or whatever, but it comes, it's something that requires effort. It just helps a bit if it comes, if you have certain things in place rather than that being added to the list of things you have to work on. So I don't know. I think money helps and money is good in a marriage, but people may think otherwise. I agree with you. I really do. I feel like I'm just playing devil's advocate because I don't even believe these things. I'm not marrying <laughs> I'm not marrying a Bennett, okay? <laughs> but right. I feel like there's two different types of marriage and I see it as a generational thing. There's the builder marriage and then there's the combiner marriage. The builder marriage is where you come in when you're like 20, 22, maybe even younger. You don't have anything. <laughs> and you build but it together. It Right? You're still not answering my question, though, is why did Bennett think he, in particular, <laughs> was ready for marriage? I, I know all these things. I know there are different definitions, but what made him, and we'll go through this with all the couples, and I'll ask this question again, but as I watched him, I was just like, why did he think he was ready for marriage? But we can move on. I guess I'm trying to give Bennett the benefit of the doubt that maybe he was looking to for a builder marriage instead of a combiner marriage. Either way, you, you have to build something together. I guess you just have to think about what you're bringing to the table. And it's, looking at Bennett, that's, it is a wonder. What are you bringing? That's exactly my question, Ace. That's I, all I, I'm asking. I know what, what you're he... asking, but I'm trying to see it from his... I'm trying to see it from the perspective of people who are coming into marriage, missing the same things that Bennett is missing. All right. Okay. And I'm sure they're out there with their happy marriages. So I'm like, they must have brought something. <laughs> um, I um, I thought Bennett's house was actually really cool. I would never live in it. I would not live in it with another person for sure. But the idea of building like a tiny house, although one without a bathroom or a kitchen is a little suspect. I thought it was cool. It was very Bennett. And she liked it. Jackie of course Marie. she did. She just rolled with everything. But before we went to the tiny house, there was something that I thought was interesting. Are we surprised that Amelia was a homecoming queen? Yes. Yeah, I was very surprised about that. I was just like, wow. And then are we supposed to believe that the yearbook was just sitting there casually on the bed? No. So we had a little bit of overproduction going in there. But of course, Bennett lives in a tiny house. I would have claustrophobia in that house. I, yeah, I didn't feel the same way you do. It's, the only thing that it was, was it was impressive that he built it. I think that was pretty impressive. But again, he had me asking, what was your plan for marriage? If she was living with her parents, did you plan to share this space with someone? I'm so confused. I, I assume when I saw that tiny house, I was just like, oh, so you guys are going to go get a place together. Uh, some people do, but I think I specifically said, and again, guys, I know I'm being harsh, but whatever. I said, I don't find this cute. Bennett, come adult with the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, In yeah, the context of us talking, I'm playing devil's advocate. In actuality, I agree with you a thousand percent. <laughs> but again, I like that. Amelia said it. I love it. 
and I find more things to like about him. And I was just like, you know what? Perspective is everything. Because there's so many things they've both thrown at each other. And each of them is like, wow, this just makes me, I'm looking at them like, wow, you guys are crazy. I would never go for this. I don't care. And I don't think any of the wives, the other wives that are on that would go for it. Can you imagine Christina walking into that tiny house? No. But that's why these two are so well matched. Because no, Karen or Armani would have been like, what the hell is the matter with you? (laughs) Yep. So every couple sat down for a Pastor Cal counseling session this episode. And Pastor Cal sat down with them. He said something that made me annoyed. Uh Uh-oh. So you guys aren't going to have traditional roles. Do do you recall him saying that? Oh, (laughs) yes, I recall him saying that. But I thought that it was it was in line with whatever they had discussed ahead of time because they were talking about him. She's you know before it she had said she wanted someone who would stay home, take care of the kids, and he was like, if I have to take a kid to the park, be the one at home because unfortunately, traditional means mom stay at home, dad goes to work. So what were you irritated by? I think even the term traditional roles. I I mean, the tradition that you just described has never been available to everybody. It's only been available to a very small selection of the population for a very brief time in American history. Women working outside of the home is like not something new. And it's like revisionist history for someone to call something traditional when it's not based on tradition. It's based on like a fantasy ideal. Am I going too deep with this? Probably. Yes. But <laughs> it bothered me. Um, then they had the moving discussion. What did you think about that? Um, I feel like they're being unfair to Bennett. Because he's not the one. I think he's going with the flow. I do like what Pastor Kyle said, where people get married for a lifetime, not married to see if it works out. But I feel like he's being pressured, and he's not the kind to be pressured. Um, He had no idea he was going to get a doctor. So it wasn't something that he thought about. Like, you're just thinking someone's going to be in New Orleans. It is what we're going to do. We'll figure it out. So this was just thrown on him the day that they got married, which is they're in day seven right now. So how is he supposed to figure that out? He just found out that he got a doctor. He doesn't know if the feelings are there. And he's given the best answer he could give is, I'm hoping to, you know, have that emotion for you and have things sorted out where I can figure things out. I don't think he can give an authentic answer right now. And I just don't think it's fair for everyone pressuring. Agreed. And I appreciate that he's not allowing people to badger him into saying that he's going to move. Yes. I think they're trying to create a conflict where there isn't actually one. Like, I don't see Amelia asking him all the time. It's So far, I think the question has been asked like three times, and only one of those times was her. I also don't think Amelia knows she should ask it, because there was a, there was a section where they were talking about Pastor Cal, like, pointedly just asked her about the move, and she's like, well, I mean, we've been on the page, so, on the same page so far, and, you know, we'll figure it out, and that's when Pastor Cal had to tell her, like, you know, she says, I'm hopeful. And then that was the moment I was like, I think she's childlike. Like, yeah, it's nice to be hopeful, but it's not going to last. He was right about that. So I don't think it's something she knows she has to discuss, which is crazy to me, considering she said her breakups have been because she moves a lot. So to me, that would be important. I would think also that that would be something she would put on her, um, what you would call it. And if they were going to match her with someone, they should ask someone who's, are you willing to move out of New Orleans? It's pretty important that I think, because he was right. And speaking of when you said he was going to move into a new home or whatever, when he was listing his quote-unquote assets and things, he didn't mention his tiny house, that he's not trying to leave that behind. So I don't know if he's going to move into the mansion. 
I do think we're kind of like blowing over his career because he's like, yeah, I have a theater company. I, I was like, I was, is that an established business? Because he seems very, like you said, hesitant to leave it and thinks of it in addition to his tiny house as sort of a tie to the city. For me, it's the snippet they showed in the very beginning that consisted of his brother and then his sister. Um, it seemed more like a hobby. <laughs> Not like a job. <laughs> than something that actually like wow i have to do this after like if he had other members i don't know that his brother and his sister have to stand in for it so maybe that's why i'm blowing it over and that could be my bad but he's also said many times that he's trying to figure things out so i don't know if it's like set in stone it's not like if she move, if they move to like another city that is theater heavy he couldn't start another one you know it seems pretty flexible, but he said, and then when they were talking about kids, he said he was a writer, so. Is he unemployed? He's a writer, <laughs> a theater director, an actor. All these jobs sound to me like I'm unemployed. It is. He's just drifting. He's trying <laughs> to figure out what is going to call to him, but I think they'll be fine. I think they're okay with where they are. Like, I feel someone like Amelia Bennett might not work for me or you, but for both of them, I think, you know. They're on the same page. They're fine. Yeah, and I think at this point, they're not fighting about much, and that's why they have to find things to show us that they're fighting about. Yep, I agree. We'll move on to the lovely Karen and Miles. So Karen and Miles walk into the apartment. Karen is low energy as usual. Mentions Miles mentions that he has an Xbox. And when he said, oh, I have an Xbox, and they have a little exchange there. And I remember what you said about his maturity level. Like how you question it, but I don't know if that's fair. I mean, lots of people just like playing games, but it just made me remember what she said. Um, he asked her if she has a problem with him playing games. She says she doesn't, that she's cool, but her body language didn't stand by it. Like she did what's cool about it, but I still stand by. I still think she's trying to look for anything to make a big deal out of it. But what do you think? I think in 2020, if you're dating people, they're going to be gamers. Yeah. Like, people our age and younger and older play video games. I think Karen's trying to look at it from, like you said, from a maturity thing, but it's not. It's just a hobby that people our age have. She's looking at the wrong things. But again, maybe I'm being too harsh. But what I found interesting was when they were by the window looking at the pool, and she was like, do you want to go swimming? And he's like, for real? Yeah. No, he said now. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, what? Is that Karen doing something? And then she's like, Oh no, I was just kidding. I was like, oh, oh. yeah, that's that's the Karen I know. Of course not. <laughs> but of course Miles was like Miles was like, What well, I'm down, whatever you're down for, I'm down. And I'm he's beginning to annoy me. Like I know he's a nice you guy, but this <laughs> this kowtowing to Karen, I'm not here for it. Like I am not here for it. Another part I did not like is man, I wanted to be really positive about them, but it's hard. When they were um, going through the house and then she saw something, an extra room, and she said, oh, this could be the office. And Miles offers up, or the doghouse. Why would you offer that up? I just saw it as just a joke. He's just trying to joke and have a good time. I agree with you that I'm tired of Miles kowtowing. And there's, you know, outright lying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Something in particular he said... And maybe I'm like going too fast, but he said he feels like Karen is a safe space. I was like, what? What? I think that's Mouse is just making up a reality in his head that doesn't exist. Yeah, we'll get there. But when they were in the office and he called it a doghouse, I did not like that he offered it up first. And instead of Karen to be like, oh, no, with the joke, she was like, oh, yeah, you might be here a lot. 
I just rolled my eyes at this point. I'm just like, this lady is not even trying to help out. But, you know, they have a little bit of, you know, jokes and stuff. You know, I think I like that about them. They have their little jokes that go back and forth. And But to me, it's like, it makes me sad to see how Miles reacts to when they have those jokes things. Because you can see the flicker of hope in his eyes. Like, okay, she's getting, but something happens and then he's right back to <laughs> ground zero. Oh. But, um, they go over to see his place. Of course, Karen's already like, I'm scared to see his place. I mean, I guess for good reason. His family had said, like, you know, he's um, messy. And I was going to ask if he thought that it was weird that he said his dad has never been to his place. It, was his, it wasn't his dad. It was his stepdad. Uh, his parents are divorced. Wait, so that bald guy that was always getting with the wife is his stepdad, not his dad? Correct. Oh, I did not know that. See, that's why I have you aid. <laughs> I don't even think they put in the Chiron that he was his stepdad, but he tells us many times his parents are divorced. So, even if, so doesn't he have a relationship with him? Like, to see his place? Like, even coming over with his mom? I can't explain why your parent would never have been in your house. That is unfathomable to me. Oh, okay. Maybe there is. But the fact that I didn't even know that wasn't his dad, I think that was pretty cool. Because he just seemed like his dad. But they weren't wrong. Miles is messy. He has a lot of stuff. Everywhere. I didn't think it was that bad. Oh, God, I did. Oh, God, I did. Probably <laughs> shouldn't say out loud that you didn't think he was that bad. <laughs> I just, I did find it strange that his shoes and clothes were on. Because he said, let's go to the master bedroom. And then his shoes and stuff were all on the bed when you were packing to go to my... Why is your... I was confused by the arrangement of things, but it wasn't that terrible. I thought it was. It was just a lot of stuff everywhere. It was but... stuff. But, I mean, he has too much stuff probably for the space that he's in. But is that so terrible? Maybe. I don't know. But I thought, you know, in this moment when they're in the house and, you know, talking and all the jokes, I did think that they have good chemistry, good energy. Let me not say chemistry. They have good energy. And if Karen gives in, I think they could actually make this work. Agreed. Well, we'll see. Well, so at Karen's house, she comes off really uptight because she, Miles is like touching her stuff, not in any type of weird way. And she's like, why are you touching my stuff? And then he did try to go on her rug with his shoes on and they edited it kind of sneakily because they made it seem like she was being crazy about him going on her couch, which she kind of was, but she just wanted him to take (laughs) his shoes off. She's like, oh my God, it's so weird to have him in that place. Uh, it was it's exhausting anyway and then for the amount of trash that she talked about his place he was like oh i was expecting marie Kondo," and i was like that but you didn't get that i I can see why you would expect that after the amount of trash she talked about her house yeah but i think it goes back to her blowing up any little thing that she sees she does i don't think she remembers as a human he's not going to be perfect but everything is like this huge Either she chucks it up to the maturity or he's being fake. I don't know. There's something is always a something, you know, with Karen. So I was really looking forward to their pasta cow segment. Actually, I was for all of them, not just them, but just um, for all of them. So Pastor Kyle said he wants to make sure with them in particular that old habits don't show up. And then under my breath, I'm like, Karen. <laughs> but <laughs> he's, and then I, I like that he did address that I want you to know that you're married and not strangers because guys if you remember episode one this was going to be my fear about Karen and she's fulfilling my whole nightmare episode by episode Karen is not the kind of person for this show every episode she's going to be like it takes me a while it takes me a while to trust and to open up and she said it so many times to him like we're strangers we're strangers and she said 
I don't feel married. Oh, when he said you're married and not strangers, and she just said, apparently, I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I can't be here. So he asked if he was attracted to her and referencing what Aid said earlier, he went on this long diatribe about her feeling like home and being a safe space. I'm like, dude, it's day seven, God. (laughs) And she is not giving you anything for you to go on like that. And this is what bothers me about Miles. I can't deal with delusional people. (laughs) Well, that's You can have all the good intentions because you're setting yourself up for heartbreak. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to like go in between the whole open up your heart so you can accept love in and don't set yourself up to be disappointed. Like that's a very like fine needle to thread. Yeah. But yeah, you know, like Miles talking all this nonsense. It really was long, guys. He just kept going on and on. And I was like, are you serious? Is this the same Karen? Like, wait, okay. And all she had to say was, you know, I think he's handsome. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> that my was goodness. It. Miles also makes some very big promises that make me real side-eye. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm never going to do this to you. I'm never going to do that to you. I feel like he's trying to become what she needs him to be instead of just being himself. So when she says, I think he's handsome, Miles says, Pascal, compliments are so hard to come by and she's taking her pace and she's so slow. And that's, again, another thing that I find so sad is the way, you know, when things are quote unquote bad or when someone is in a bad relationship, it's so bad that when good things happen, you latch onto it so much and you're like, well, at least we have this, not knowing that you're not supposed to count the good times. The good times (laughs) should just be organic. So just the (laughs) fact that she said, I think you're handsome. Anybody on Twitter could tell you you're handsome, Miles. I don't know, but he got so excited about that. But once again, she's like, Pesacal is like, oh, he laughs. And she's like, oh, but we're strangers. Like, she's trying to remind him, like, calm down, boy. We're still strangers. And it's just sad. But they move on to intimacy. Pesacal's favorite stuff. Do you think Pesacal enjoys talking about this? Because <laughs> I associate intimacy with him. I feel like he's always asking about Which is interesting because he's not a sex therapist. <laughs> That's not Viviana. <laughs> That's why I always find it so interesting. Like every season is like intimacy. I see Pastor Kyle's head immediately. But anyways, Mom says, I'm very affectionate. I kiss her. I hug her from behind. And then, of course, he thinks that's a bad thing because he turned around and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I've never really asked you, how do you feel about that? And of course, she, the thing is, she doesn't try to make him feel good about it. He was like, I have to be honest. It feels weird. It's new. I don't want the blah, 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 blah. I don't like this girl, eh? Can you tell? I can tell. <laughs> I don't dislike her, but I'm not taking her actions as personally <laughs> as you are. Yeah. I just feel like this is, I also think it's okay to not be that into someone. No, I think my problem with Karen and why I'm taking it personally is just this show is not for someone like her. She knows it. Everyone knows it. So I'm mad at the experts for casting her. And I'm mad at her for thinking this is where she wants to come sort out her issues. Because she clearly has trust issues. Because it's not fair to whoever she's going to be matched with. That's why I'm upset. Okay. That's why I'm upset. Because she clearly has a lot of... She's not over whatever that dude did to her. It's heavy. And it hangs. Yeah. It hangs on her. So your thing is, you're not upset with her for not being over what that dude did to her. You're upset with her for coming on the show while still not being... Yes. Like, I would never go on that show. I have trust issues. I'm just going to look at you and be like, lies, lies, lies. So I'm not going to go on there because it ruins the experience for us. Because the whole purpose, we talked about it, episode one. If you're going to go on Married at First Sight, you have to be willing to give it your all. And Miles is doing that where he's like, I'm trusting God. I'm trusting the experts because you kind of have to. She's not. 
she doesn't even trust herself. So what is the point of being on this experiment? You're not doing your part. That's why I don't like Karen. Right now, she's not doing her part. Mm-hmm. I don't have good vibe. I- but I don't think they're a disaster yet. It's just, it's very frustrating to watch Miles twist himself into knots to make himself yes. into what Karen needs. And Karen just kind of be like, eh. Yes. Well, no, I'll give her can... that this episode, you know, in this scene that they had with Pastor Cal, she told him to stop doing that. Yes, I will say that. Cal asked if she has an aversion to affection. And she says she does like affection when she trusts. And then she randomly says she's nervous because she doesn't know if she's getting the real him or him on his best behavior. If he's good, she's nervous. If he's bad, she'll be like, oh, see, this is what I thought. So I don't know. I kind of feel like Miles is in a hard place because the problem is her. And not to say like she can't go through whatever she's going through, but it's like no matter what Miles does, because she's not exactly open, she can't receive it. I don't know if that makes any sense. It makes sense. Because so... But I, then, I'll ask I feel like there's problems ahead. on both sides. No, 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 there is. But it's easier to break down if she can be more honest, which is why I agree with you, like, what she was honest in this scene where Pascal asked, what, what is the root of, you know, all this stuff? And she goes, she tears up. She's afraid of someone hurting her. She doesn't know how it will work. But the fear is because she doesn't know if Miles is just putting his best foot forward and he's actually not telling her what he wants from her. That was a good um, response. I, I respected her for that because it's true. And we've talked about how he never says what he wants from her. And Pastor Kyle puts it on him and says, why don't you turn to her and say, what do you want from her? And he doesn't know. That was sad. And this, this reminds me of when I asked you that question, when I said he's obsessed to me with being a husband. Like, I don't even know if he's put thought into when we talked about the 10 relationships. He just knows this is what he wants, but he doesn't know how to fill in that circle, but he knows he wants a circle. And I'm like, so glad they put him on the spot. And he was like, oh, I have to put some thought into that. And, you know, this is where Miles needs to do work. Find out why he's been so obsessed about being a good husband. But what does a good husband actually mean? What do you need to do? Like, it was just sad. Like, you didn't know what you wanted someone to give you. If she's happy, I'm happy. Whoa. It was sad that he could not say what he needs. But I did, you know, I respected Karen for kind of calling him out a little bit. She has enough awareness to see that it's not a good situation for him to just be bending over backward to make her happy and comfortable and want and want to be married to him. Like, it's not a good situation. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see where they go. But I think it was maybe a good breakthrough. And like I said, even though for now, I'm just going episode by episode. I'm not a huge fan of Karen. I do think there's something there. They need I think to break she likes through, them. do the work. Oh, you do? I think she likes him enough. I think there's something there. I mean, I think she would say that regardless of whoever it is, but I think she needs to do the work and figure out, like, allow herself to ease into this and see wherever it may go and realizing that, listen, whoever you decide to be with, they may hurt you, but they may not. You don't know. And he needs to do the work to figure out, you know, what is it that he wants? What is it? What hole is he trying to fill and actually put towards whatever it is that he wants? So I think there's hope. I'm not completely over on them. They might be one of those people that, you know, by the eighth week, seventh week, what is it? Yeah, they'll figure it out. So now that we're done with Karen and Miles, let's move on to Christina and Henry. Joy, oh joy. They start off with her regurgitating once again that he hasn't made a move when they're looking at their new apartment together. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so you see that she's always complaining every time they start? <laughs> okay. 
when they go to that apartment and start looking around, once again, I thought of what you said. Every time I see Christina, she's always complaining about something. And she walked into that apartment and was like, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. Oh, I don't like the bedding. I want to move the furniture. Ah, Christina. But it's so funny how, um, not a spoiler, but Olivia didn't like the apartment at all, but I agreed with her because I'm like, this apartment sucks. But when Christina did it, I was just like, stop complaining. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they hop on over and go to Henry's apartment studio. <laughs> I did notice that he mentioned something about the pillow for his heart surgery and Christina yeah. knew about his heart surgery. So I was like, okay, so they've talked about that because that's a very significant thing that has happened in his life. Yeah. I feel like the editors are making it seem like these two don't talk, which is not true. I think they're like solidly in the friend zone, except for Henry doesn't like her. But that, sorry, I'm getting off track here. Um, So there's no food in his house. He does mention that he goes to his parents' house for leftovers. He's another one who plays video games. <laughs> I really did feel like Henry was a whole different person when he was in his studio. Like he was so relaxed and like happy and yeah. like a real person. What did you yeah. think of Henry's apartment? I mean, I just thought like, yeah, it's a studio, but he keeps it tidy. I thought it was really tidy. But I also had that question that I said. I was like, so what was the plan? Like, I'm going to get married. If she, I think I'm always thinking if the other party still lives with their parents or something, do you think two of us can live here? Or are they okay with, you know, moving to an apartment? Like, what was the plan? Why did they think they're ready to get married? Like, I don't think, I just, in my mind, if you get married, you go from hopefully in 2020, one income to two incomes. You will find a place that works for the both of you. This is the preparation mindset. Like, why would you go get an apartment or a house or whatever with the idea that someone else might come live with you? Like, wouldn't you just get one for yourself and then cross that bridge when you get to it? I think my idea is just if you're in a studio, then you're like, you know, on a budget and you're trying to make things work. You have no idea who you're going to be matched with. You could be matched with a student. So the two income thing is just assuming that two of us are going to be like, you know, making book money that we can afford an apartment. But when you're taking a risk like this, like, I think I'm going through the thought process of how I would think. If I'm going to move with some, if I'm going to marry someone that I know nothing about, I don't know their financial state. I don't even know if they have so much debt in the likelihood of the events. And this is not just for the men, just to clarify, men or women, in the likelihood that we might have to move into somewhere. And if I'm not at that place, why do I think I'm ready to take on everything that comes on with that? Which I think plays a little bit part of a little bit part of Brett and Olivia, which we will talk about, but not a lot, but a little bit part. I think I disagree with you because I'm like, why wouldn't you just live for yourself and then figure it out when you get married? Like, you'll find a place, you'll figure it out. Like, why? It's so easy to say. You just get married and figure it out. Ugh. Well, okay, maybe I, I I will admit that I'm a self-structure. Like, I always overthink stuff and I have to plan. I'm not a real easy go with the flow person so that that's on me so i'm not going with a person either but i'm like i'm not going to rent a place with the idea that someone else is moving in it is an indicator for other things is what i'm looking at it as so they go outside <laughs> and, henry, <laughs> and henry says oh let's do we need to go over to your place and like go get your stuff <laughs> and christina says oh all my stuff is in my car or out in la so mm. and i was like so you're homeless. I'm like, did this heifer lie? Or she's home? Because she clearly, and they play the flashback, 
that she lived in the general district area, whatever it's called. Central business district. And I remember yeah. thinking, well, I think her, doesn't her mom live in New Orleans? Maybe that's where her mom lives. And that's why she said that's where she lived. Maybe at one point she lived in the central business district. She keeps on talking about this five-year relationship that she just got out of and, and she's a flight attendant. So maybe she just hasn't found a new place to live. But why would you not just say that? I didn't understand why Henry didn't ask more questions. Like, why is your property in LA or your car? Like, did you just move here? I would have asked more questions instead of being like, okay, let's go get some stuff out of your car and then we'll go to the apartment. Okay, two things. One, I just think she didn't want either... I think she's staying with her mom because I'm like, didn't they show us a place when they were going through, I'm ready to get married, blah, blah, blah. Everyone was in their home. I don't think she wanted her place or wherever she was on camera. I don't know why, but I don't think she wanted it on camera. That was my thing about that. And okay. two, I'm just like, Christina, after giving Henry all that shit for his studio and his all that, you Where's are the your- one that doesn't have a, you don't have a pot to piss in. <laughs> Where is yours? Gosh. So then they go back, it's late at night, and she wants to move furniture. <laughs> Which, I understand the need, the instinct to be like, oh, let me try to make it a little bit more personable, move the furniture around. But then we find ourselves with a piece of a sectional up against a window, and I'm like, that's not even comfortable. Why did you move this furniture? So then they sit in some uncomfortable silences, which I'm starting to feel played by these uncomfortable silences, because that is not how they are all the time. I think they are that way. Do you know why? Because it was enough, silent enough for Henry to start whistling. I don't care. <laughs> what conversation you're having if you're whistling there is enough awkward silence in there for you to start whistling so that was the point where i knew that this is real i don't think it's editing sometimes there's but like even when they were in his place where granted he was his most relaxed we've ever seen him they had an easy banter easy conversation very relaxed it didn't seem as weird as it sometimes seems yeah it doesn't change the fact that they just still don't have, they still have awkward silences yep. i believe in that <laughs> okay so so then they have their sit down with pastor cal what did you think of their sit down with pastor cal <laughs> i thought it was great i have to grade him on a curve but you know what harry opened his mouth and he said things <laughs> he said things harry can open up to anyone except christina so he just needs a third party <laughs> i think after watching them with pastor cal First off, there was Christina's weirdness about the guy's always the aggressor. But then she straight out said, the guy is the aggressor and then we date for five years. So there was one guy who was the aggressor. <laughs> just one. And then Henry does not like Christina. Mm-mm. And there was a lot of weirdness for them before he even knew anything about her. But the, he spent a week with her in Mexico and he, all he's concluded is that she's kind of impatient, high maintenance. He does not like her. He doesn't. He doesn't like, he's not attracted to her and now he knows for sure that he doesn't even like her as a person to want her as a friend. I'm sure the wheels are turning in his mind of like, how can I get out of this? Yeah, but, but he's such a nice guy. Like, he's just polite. Like, he doesn't know how I'm going to flat out tell you I don't like. He would <laughs> rather like stay and suffer than actually say, I think you're an asshole. <laughs> Which is what I think he thinks. <laughs> there's no hope. I, I mean, I hate to do this on episode seven, but there's no hope for these two. Ah, I think everyone sees that. Unless they're setting us up, but I think everyone sees that. Okay. So, Pascal asks him what he thinks about moving in. And then they both lie. Both of them say, oh, it'll be good. It'll be good. And then Harry says, I think <laughs> he was talking about, I'm pretty easygoing. I clean up after myself. But if anything bothers you, let me know. That's a roommate talk. Has- that is not a married people talk. That is like uh-huh. what you put in your listing on Craigslist when you're looking for a roommate. So I think he cracked up funny. He's been doing a lot of funnies lately. But because he's not really smiling, you're not quite sure. He's just dead panning. And he said something about throwing parties. Like if she, when she's away or stuff. 
And she's like, I don't believe that he throws parties. And I don't know why she does it. She met his friends. And also, we found out that Henry knows how to have a good time as long as she's not there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we'll go back. So we'll pass the call there. You could tell that Henry was very uncomfortable. Like I mentioned in the beginning at the wedding that he had like nervous tics, but they were heightened. And I think like a lot of people were just noticing because I saw it in a lot of um, message boards and social media that, oh, does he have nervous tics? I was like, yeah, you could tell that he was really like uncomfortable. And then Pasakal brings up intimacy. <laughs> and he asked in the past, how has it gone? What was the flow? And then Harry is like, I mean, it depends. There were some were quick, some were slow. Pasakal says the ones that were quick, what was there he says um he was doing everything he could to not mention attraction and he said a certain chemistry <laughs> and at this point if christina doesn't know what he means by now i don't know what to tell you but call continues to dig she's like do you find her attractive and he goes oh yes yes I mean, of course she is then he compares her to a song someone who I just not that I'm not attracted to them not he does not like her that's like, just what it was because yeah because Tassaka asked what is holding you back he's like I don't there's like a friendship her vibe he can't say that because again <laughs> nice guy he says there's a friendship vibe but she's impatient she's high maintenance and this is what I don't like about Pascal. In the past, I felt like there are some things that to me seem like red flags and these experts try to make it seem like it's okay. And he's just like, oh, you know, it's sort of an excuse that her, divin her divaness, her being a diva is what he needs. I don't like when they do that. Or even when they say this man's whatever is what is they need this woman because she can fix this or do that. But Basakal seems to think they have hope. Oh, no, he doesn't because he says they haven't even scratched the surface because they're not even talking. <laughs> So I think Pastor Kyle is with us. Pastor Kyle really glossed over the... He, Henry used the word impatient and high maintenance. Those mm -hmm. are negatives. And then Kyle tries to flip it on its head and call it diva and sass. Which, one of those is kind of a negative too. Like, you're not an opera singer. So she sucks. Like, <laughs> I mean, she doesn't suck. But Henry interprets her way of living it's not diva and sass it's like she's rude to other people high maintenance is kind of like a strange word but impatient is actually this is one that he keeps on coming back to because it's kind of important like i don't know how she talks to him but he doesn't even like the way she talks to other people i don't know i don't think they have any hope i think what's also funny when pastor kyle was like i can tell there's no intimacy <laughs> just flat out he didn't even ask he just said it if you look at their body language and the way they sit on that sofa you can tell uh, all for, for <laughs> all of the couples how they angle straight to the side towards each other, how they hold their bodies. Like, so they're not even on the same wavelength when they're on that couch. Like, Henry's kind of low and she's kind of high. Yeah, yeah, they're not it. I don't think anyone, you know what? If there's anyone out there who thinks Christina and Henry have a chance, please let us know. Please. We'll let you know how to contact us, but please let us know. We'd like to know. But I'll move on to another couple that is struggling, Brett and Olivia. Right from the get-go, they just seem to have tension. Like, Olivia's jaw is now in a hard line she's not smiling anymore and they're talking about their cats and they're already bickering about it because they're talking about 
Olivia's like, it's too small for the cats, and her cat stay in the um, Brett is like, his cat stay in the closet. Olivia's like, my cat can't stay in the closet. And I'm just like, oh God, this is gonna be a long um, episode with them in there. But then their their apartment looked way colder than the rest. It just looked really empty and not homely. Olivia's taking Brett to her house, and she tells Brett that she wants him to see a comforting house and a house that she hopes he can make a home because she's kind of set in her ways and she'd like it if they moved to her house. What did you think of her house? It was fine, but it was also, I couldn't, this is actually mind blowing to me that you would go and get married at first sight and go in with the idea that, that you guys are going to move into your house. I'm starting to sense a pattern with Olivia and that she wants to get married, but she doesn't want any part of her life to change. Yeah, I think I can agree with that. But I think that also begs the question, so you don't think it's just not finances, and which is why I'm saying like it's more like an indicator. Why are you getting married if you don't have room for certain things? Like your life is going to change. Like I don't know how you get married and think your life is going to stay the same. So do you, do you get a better understanding of what I'm saying with these people? It's not necessarily just having like a tiny house or living in a studio, but it's like she has an actual house but she's saying i want him to move in because i don't want to move does that make sense no i'm not understanding what you're saying i i, I feel like we're looking at this through just completely different lenses I'm looking at it like okay you go to find a place to live right you're a single person you want to get married whether you want to get married this year next year six months from now like marriage is part of your future but right now you just need to find a place to live when you're looking for a place are you supposed to be thinking of your potential spouse I guess I'm looking at it like, okay, Olivia, you have this place. It's nice. You want him to live there. It's okay to want him to live there. But in, when you were do, going through this process, you never thought, hey, I might have to move out of my place because it doesn't work for my partner. They go to Olivia's house. I liked her house. Um, what did you think of Brett just having to, and he said it in an interview, but he's just like, anyone who rents is throwing money away. It's very judgy. It was. Um, yes, it was. But I did understand what he was saying about it not being close to his work, but it's in a really great part of town, but it's not a part of town that he can afford to own a house in. I understand that, but I think in general, again, my problem with Brett has always been he is not good at expressing himself in the most polite or respectful way. Because, for example, yes, her bathroom was pink. It's disgusting. I don't like it. When I lived in New Jersey, I found an apartment that was the same exact thing, but it was blue. Everything else was perfect. I just couldn't imagine taking a shower in the bathroom that blue. But Brett could have done a better job of just saying, oh, uh, we're going to have to do something about the bathroom. Ha, ha, ha. But he was obnoxious about it. He was just like, it's obnoxiously pink. This hurts my eyes. Wow. Barbie threw up. Who would do this? Like At some point, stop, A lot of Brett. people, I want to say, what, what, 70s, 80s, a lot of people were doing that pink bathroom. <laughs> so... It's just him being a little cruel is a strong word, but he's not always kind when he says stuff. It's almost like he's taking a dig at her. So that's what I don't like. And then he said her place was nice. She's organized. She's meticulous. But I think he realized he was giving her compliments. And then he was like, I'm going to say it was sterile. Cause, but he said he was a neat freak. Didn't he? Or am I making that up? So I'm like, so why would you take that as a bad thing? And then he made the comment, anyone who rents is throwing their money away. And again, I think that's a dig. I just, he's just not kind. He's not a kind person. So after they finish with him making his digs at Olivia's place, so her back is already up. If it wasn't already before, just in general dealing with Brett. We go to his house, which is like fine. 
I mean, it was nothing special, but it's fine. It was, I liked his house. <laughs> like, if I had to pick between both of their houses, it would be his house. And see, I knew I would pick hers. I, her style, I, I don't pick. love antiques, but her style is a little bit closer. Yeah, I think that I would pick his house. I really like that the kitchen was um really large. And I think, like, for her, when she said it could be fixed up better, I think his house had more potential. Like, if they both decided to be there, they could fix it up. But I see, like, look at the difference between... Olivia was not impressed by his house, but she didn't, like, you know, call him out on it or say this, that, or whatever. I think she said it or handled it in a better way than, you know, she didn't make him feel like shit. But this house... Oh, he did say that. He said... he. She said, like, oh, we could fix up or something. And she's like, wow, she made me feel like shit. And I'm like, buddy, how do you think you made her? I think that he is super proud of buying a house. Yes. And she did not meet his... And maybe she didn't know, but his level of pride about being a homeowner, she didn't really meet his his level. I think it hurt his feelings, but he doesn't know how to react in a normal way. (laughs) He's got to react in the Brett way, which is to like make digs. Yeah, because Brett is insecure. I feel like he's insecure and then any way he can one up that thing. He was just so proud of the fact that she rent. What if she bought a house? I don't know what he would have said, but he wanted to one up, you know, and all that. And when he said, you know, we'll talk about it. Sorry, I'm going back about the house when he said it was closer. It's not close to work for him and it's not him. And she was like, we'll talk about it. When he said that, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on this, but I feel like that is the moment where he knows he's not staying in this marriage. (laughs) because for Brett never lets anything go and for him to just say oh we'll talk about it later and blah blah I didn't think that he was gonna stay I could be wrong but I think that moment he knew I don't have to worry about this I'm not moving so this house visit thing was real bad and then they roll into their conversation with Pastor Cal which was real bad too yes it was so Brett tells us that there's tension Pastor Cal asked them what does marriage mean Oh, how has the marriage um, been? She said it's harder than she anticipated, but it'll always be hard. And I don't think that was a good thing. I think Olivia has all the wrong things about marriage. One, staying, no matter how hard it is. And I don't know why she thinks, like, you know, she's anticipating to be hard. I could be reading meaning into it. But Brett called her a capable wife. Did you hear that? She <laughs> sounded like a, util- like a machine. I don't... <laughs> no, that's pretty... I did not hear that, but that... Sounds uh, very Brett-like and sounds very terrible. Oh, that was terrible. But, I mean, they both said nice things about each other physically. They talk about intimacy. And Olivia says she wants to wait. <sighs> They both say that their communication is pretty good. Lie. I, I don't know. They keep lying. They keep saying that. But then in the next breath, Olivia said it's a work in progress. I'm like, girl, you can't be pretty good and be a work in progress at the same time. So Pasakal asked about how he feels about her being loaded. No, he asked her about how she feels about her making more money. And the first thing Brett just blurts out is like, oh, she's way loaded. I'm like, jeez, please. Your insecurity is leaking, son. <laughs> Uh, so do you want to talk about this part because this is the part where it got really tense she attempted to give a compliment but it wasn't really a compliment she was trying to say like his career aspirations he wants to get certifications this is really great what i heard is well eventually you'll make more money and then you'll be more acceptable to me (laughs) so i'm very i was very curious and i couldn't wait to hear what you thought about this because I was so surprised that on the internet, Olivia is getting a beating thinking that she's better than and she thinks, you know, she makes more money. And I 
absolutely did not get that impression at all. I felt so bad for her. I don't agree with the beating that she's getting online at all because don't get me wrong, she's not perfect and like we'll we'll talk about things ways that she's not she's coming in with her her own issues. But this money argument isn't even about money. It's not. They're talking about money, but it's really about the arguments about money are never really about money. They're about values. What do you want to do with money and how are we going to pay yeah, for it? Yeah. If the thing but, that I know is that if Olivia just popped out and said, I like to do things, I'll cover both of us. Like they're not going into this like a joint project. Like you make money, I make money. This amount goes in retirement. This amount goes to Saints games. This amount goes to bars. This amount goes in savings. I know that they're not in a place in their relationship to have that conversation yet. The way they're approaching this is so defensive and attacking on both sides. So let me tell you why. I think she started in a place like laying on the table. And I guess why I side with her is because she seems to reiterate a lot that she's mentioned that she wanted this in her matchmaking process, that she wanted someone to do nice things with. If that's something that's important to her, I really think they should have taken that into consideration. Now, what she was trying to express is like, hey, before you think I'm a diva, let me just lay my cards on the table. I do like nice wines. I do like eating out. I do like travel. And the problem is she's reacting to Brett's reaction. Brett's reaction was to take it as a direct insult to his (laughs) financial ego. And that was absolutely not what Olivia was trying to do. So because he's defensive, she's trying to react. And then she's digging deeper into a hole. And then the whole miscommunication goes on. Because even when she says, I like to do nice things. And if you realize, there was a time when she said that. And Pastor Kyle asked him, what do you hear that she said? And this man said something completely that she did not say. So you don't make as much and then screw you. I'm like, whoa. She never said that. She never said that. So that is what the problem lies, is that don't fault this woman for wanting nice things. Yes, she makes more money. She's not trying to make it about the money. And then she was trying a lot of times to say what I was trying to say was help me budget. And then he threw out, I own a home. And she even gave him a compliment and said, he has a home. I don't own a home. I like, I that's so impressive. And she was trying to say, we can budget travel into it. This guy says (laughs) that... That's clearly not a budget, and she doesn't want a budget because then I have to screw up my pension. Buddy, how did we get all the way to pension? He started how did we get all her. the way to and attacking her? So I think she got back into a con into a corner. I don't think she's being sedity or being bougie. She's just trying to say there's a way to fit it in. Because when you're close-minded, you don't think of things. I don't know, everyone thinks of vacations and stuff. Maybe for now we can't go overseas. But the United States has 50 states. You could plan something, you could budget something. And then it's not like she might not even be willing to put the bill because he said, if you foot the bill, sure. I'll go, I'll this, but who wants to work with that? So I felt really bad for her because I don't think that was her intention. She was just saying that this was such an important thing for me when I got married, that I want to do with someone who wants to do this, but not someone who does just not w- wanting to do it, but it's also poo-pooing on it and making it seem like I'm this airhead who has no money and doesn't even own a house. And so it seems like, like she said to him, wow, like you're good at something that I have not mastered yet, which is budgeting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't it be great if we could work together to like help me improve my finances which i doubt hers are in bad then it turned into a whole argument about paying bills she's like i pay my bills she's (laughs) like i pay my bills Um, and he's it was so adversarial for no good reason the adversity is coming from his side not hers and that's why i don't think she deserves to be raked for being like bougie or whatever yeah or looking i don't think she even looks down on him for not 
making money at all he has made it a problem that he doesn't make money she did not make it a problem yes because oh yeah i don't know i don't want to spend too much but the only other things that i noticed was just did you notice that olivia gets red blotches on her neck when she gets flustered (laughs) i did so it came out this time notice the last episode i was like oh maybe it was just the sun but i noticed that it came out but the the fake edit where she starts crying and brett just walks off and the music is like (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so I don't know where these people go, but like I said, I, I should be, I'm 80% sure that him saying we'll talk about this later, this man is not going to stay. So <laughs> I that, think it makes that me a little bit sad. sad because I haven't given up on Brett as a human yet. I just think he has some unhealthy patterns in communication and some things within himself. Like, I do think if he could work on that, I feel like they could go somewhere. But if he remains this way, like, no. she. And I also am starting to get frustrated with her. Like, maybe it's time to give it up already. <laughs> like, who wants to deal with this? I mean, it's not yet time to give it up, but I do think she has unhealthy p- patterns where she's like, you know, married or bust and I'm going to stay in there. And she already expects marriage to be hard, so... They didn't really resolve any of their issues in their session with Pastor Cal. He gave them, I think, some guides to move forward. Like, the other person is not your enemy, because I think Brett really needs to hear that. But they kind of just ended on that negative note. And then we moved on to Woody and Amani, who are who are a ray of sunshine, but, but not all quite roses. Yeah. So, of note... Um, Amani and Woody went to bed in one scene, woke up in the next scene wearing completely different clothes. I think there was a day in there. And you, <laughs> you pointed out that the same thing happened with Bennett and Amelia. So there was yeah. probably an extra day in there. Yeah, probably. I d- but, you know, when they went to bed in, in their outfits, they were matching in color. And then when they... um. When they met with Pastor Cal, which they did apparently before they went to go get their stuff, they were also <laughs> dress matching. And I'm like, you guys, come on. <laughs> You're already the cutest. You don't have to do anything extra. <laughs> They're cute. I don't know why she kept saying basic palette. Basic yeah, palette? She, was, she meant a basic color palette. Oh. But there were oh, no okay. pops of color. It's all like beige and black and whatever the heck else. So they sit down with Pastor Cal, and their body language was very angled towards each other. Um, Woody, you know, they talk about what they like about each other. Woody likes that Amani says what she needs, and Amani likes that she can just say what she needs. It was yes, match made in heaven. Then Pastor Cal asks them if they've had sex, <laughs> which we we know. They have said se- they've had sex. I'm sure Pastor Cal knew too. He just wanted them to say it. No, to everybody. Um, the experts, I think, get like a daily report on all the couples. <laughs> so anytime you see Pastor Cal asking questions, he knows. Um, <laughs> those two knuckleheads pop out with, uh, well, Pastor Cal asks if they're using protection, and they're like, "Well, there was that one time." I don't I was, believe it. You don't believe that it was just one time? Yep, I don't believe that it was just one time. I'm like, just... you idiots. <laughs> but you know, this happened with Keith and Christine from Philadelphia. I know. And I'm like, what? You guys, you guys. Maybe, I I, I know Jeffy and Shanice have, today they celebrate three years together. But I'm like, I feel like they're a case in point of what happens when you have a baby too quickly. Yep. So, yep, yep, yep. I need the rest of y'all. Like, I'm super pissed. <laughs> what do oh, you think? Really? I'm so mad. I'm just like, you guys, get it together. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, she says she doesn't want any babies, and she says she's just one time. I'm like, Woody better have a good pullout game, because mm, 
whatevs. But I don't think it was just one time. Woody was shooting. shooting for a honeymoon, baby. What? You got no. I'm telling you, A, these people think of marriage as happy, happy, joy, joy. Let's just see whatever goes. Like, why are you shooting for a baby when you barely know each other? And this woman starts with, I'm scared. Things are going to change. You're going to do something. And you want to have a baby with her. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I truly cannot comprehend, like, why. So, um... They finish up with Pastor Carl. I do think he, Pastor Carl, I think he gave them good advice where he says they need to talk deeper. And it leads to Woody saying one thing he doesn't like is he doesn't like surprises. And he gives an example of, for example, if you cut your hair and you come home bald, like, I'm not going to like it. And Amani's like, what? I can do whatever I want. And they start this whole back and forth. I was not expecting that from that basic example of cutting your hair. But it actually makes sense because, you know, there was a time when way, way back in the day, I was dating someone and then I had a hairstyle that he didn't particularly like. It was long distance. And I was going to go visit. And I asked a friend, I was like, I paid for my hair. I paid a lot of money too. And I like it, but he doesn't. Am I supposed to do, thank God for um, growth? Because I didn't know what the right thing or the wrong thing is because, you know, we just didn't know any better then. And then he starts going on about it affects the attraction. Amani reads it as the attraction. Are you just attracted to me, you know, based on what I look like? And he goes, no. Then he made this whack example of comparing it to quitting his job. But Amani, our girl is always on point. She's like, that's not the same thing. Like, I mean, <laughs> even if I look any kind of way, if you quit your job, we're not paying the bills. I may be bald, but I can still pay the bills. So <laughs> it's not exactly the same. And then all I'm thinking was like, so what happens if she's pregnant and she's not the same person that you know, Woody? Is that what you're talking about? So Pastor Cal asks, what happens if she develops alopecia? He says that diff- that's different, but the root of it is not consulting him. Now, guys, this is why communication it seems so easy. Everyone always says, communicate, communicate, communicate. But it's not the easiest thing. If not, we'll all be in a utopia. And we find out that the context for why this is so important to Woody is that he had an ex who um, aborted a kid without telling him. And, you know, it really hurt him. And he feels like he changes the dynamics. And it's something like if there's something that might affect one or the other, it's not about the control of telling her she can't do this or can't do that but it's just about them discussing it and going through the process, which I think was fair. Do you agree? I really liked this because you're right. Communication, talking and listening is communication, but it requires some self-awareness. Like if Woody had kept on going on about the hair, they would have never resolved this argument. But the fact that he's self-aware enough to know it's not really about hair. It's about big decisions that affect the both of us. And here's where I can trace back this feeling that I have to... It was a teaching moment for all of us. Yeah. The thing is sometimes not the thing. It's something else. I agree. But yeah, I think they I think they might be the only couple who came out of it with a resolution. So they were just like, they'll talk about it and then move on with that. And like we mentioned, their order was completely different. So we go to Woody's house first and he lives with his grandma. Yeah. Did he ever tell us why he lives with his grandma? No. I thought that was weird. Not weird, weird, as in, I just wanted to know what the circumstances were that led to him living with her. Is it, like, do you just enjoy living there? Yeah. I don't know. So, Woody, you know, likes his clothes, his shoes, and his hat. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I did notice that there was a TV in his room that looked like it was on when the moon landing happened. (laughs) And then there was the hat wall where Amani was like, you're not coming to my house and putting any hats on any walls. (laughs) 
<laughs> They're so cute together. They are. And then they went to Amani's house. Um, he put he got on his on her bed with his shoes on. I cannot. And Amani <laughs> had a married at first sight crossed it next to her sewing machine. Did you see that? No, I did not see that. It was so cute. I love cross stitch. I don't know how to do it, but I want someone to make one for me. <laughs> <sighs> so, you know, they picked up some stuff and went back to the place, but they didn't really have anything for their home visits, did they? Yes. Yeah. Maybe that's why they started with Pastel Cal for them. They were just like, there's not enough content to go with that. Did you have anything else on any of the other couples? Nope. So now that we have reviewed all five of our couples... Tane, who has your bouquet for this week? My bouquet was for Pastor Cal's <laughs> expertise. Wow. I really enjoyed the questions that he asked. Oh, I have a question for you. Do we know where the home base for the experts are? Are they all in the same place or in different places? I know Dr. Pepper, I believe, is in like Seattle. Dr. Viviana is in t- lives in Texas, and I'm not sure where Pastor Cal lives. Okay. Okay. I wondered about that. Okay, but going back, yes, Pastor Cal has my bouquet. I enjoy all the questions. I think he asked all the right questions. I don't always agree with him, but I think he really shed some good insight and he hit all the right places and all the things that I wanted him to say. I wasn't screaming at my TV for something he did not say, so he gets my bouquet. Do you want to hear a shocker of the week? Oh, God, I can't take it. I can't scream what again for three (laughs) weeks in a row, Aid. Who is it? Pastor Cal with my bouquet. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> the experts for me can really, especially when it gets towards the end where they're just keeping people in relationships they have no business being in. I will yes. get really upset with them. And I know they're going to do this because they do this every time. So I was yeah. pleasantly surprised by how insightful and useful Pastor Cal was this week. Part of watching this show is like exploring your own self, your own needs, yeah. your own like viewpoints. Mm-hmm. And this episode yes. really had a lot of that just by Pastor Cal talking to the couples. Yes. Who has got your burnt ashes for the week? Two people got my burnt ashes and unfortunately the same people who got it last week and the couple that should have been matched together Karen and Brett. <laughs> Karen because I can't take it. This was what I feared and she's bringing it to life. And I don't like that she's making my nightmare real. I don't have time to watch someone bitch about they need more space. They need more trust. And I can't do this. And you're a stranger. Get the fuck out of here with that. (laughs) And Brett, (laughs) I don't like how much he gaslighted um, Olivia. I'm not saying that she's perfect, but turn down your insecurity and figure out what it is that you want to do. If you really wanted to be married, you have to make room and accommodate some of the things Olivia does too. I get it. But him, mother and her, like, don't be so rigid because she's reacting to your gaslighting. Okay, it's yours. My burnt ashes were Woody and Amani for having unprotected sex even one time. (gasps) (laughs) The world is littered with people who had babies with people who they did not want to talk to for 18 years. And while they'll never regret the miracle of their children, they would come find Woody and Amani and tell them, don't do that. So yes, don't do that. (laughs) That's a good one, Aid. (laughs) We would like to do some shouting out to some folks who have reached out to us on social media. Thank you very much to Phoenix Gem on Reddit for giving us our first Reddit award. And thanks to people who heard about us from the Maths TV and the Married at First Sight boards on Reddit. Feel free to message us on Reddit and tell us what you think of the show. Yes, and a shout out to, I hope I'm saying this right, Rebel. Rebel sent us a DM defending Karen. 
I'm always hard on Karen, so let me read out what she said. People love to bash Karen, but I like her. She reminds me of Deanna. Um, that was from the Charlotte season. And she explained her comments from last week, which we all suspected were manipulated by editing. But I think she will eventually warm up to Miles. We just have to wait for it. I actually think if Miles made some demands of her, she might relax. Maybe some of her caution comes from the fact that Miles is literally being a martyr right now. And that can't last forever. That makes sense. I, I agree with Rapel in some ways. Yep. You two can send us a DM. Our DMs are open. You can also follow us on Instagram and also on Twitter at AltaCall MAFS. That's A L T A R C A L L M A F S. And we're also on Reddit with the same username. We're available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on whichever platform you listen to us. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.